Hey folks, this is the Serving the Peace podcast. I'm your host, Brent Hardy. Welcome to the program. Sorry about the pause. kind of forgot what I was doing here for a second. Um, welcome to the program. Um, happy 4th of July. Uh, it's been a great week. I've had a lot of fun with my family and stuff. It was actually kind of weird for me because when... In the past, when it's been 4th of July and stuff, uh, usually my go-to is I go hang out with my parents, my family. My, my parents moved out of state, so they're actually not here anymore. And I was, found myself, I was, you know, didn't really have plans, and you know, all my other friends had plans. It was just it was going to be me and the kids this year. Um, and so I'm like, okay. Um, so I'm like texting my brother. like, do you have plans? He's like, no. And then I text my sister, do you have plans? She's like, no. So then I was like, well, and I was texting my sister again. And I was like, okay, well, if you come up with plans that I can invite myself to, could you let me know? And she's like, yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> and then my brother, like two days before, I was like, hey, did you ever come up with any plans? He's like, no. I'm like, do you have your girls this year? Because he's divorced. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, and their kids are close to my age. They're all cousins and they like to play. I was like, you, you want to just come up? Just come on up. We'll do our own plans, right? We'll do our own thing. So sure enough, I smoked a couple uh, chicken halves. I smoked some tri-tip hot dogs for the kids. I bought like $200 in fireworks. Now don't get excited. People who live in other states with really cool fireworks, don't get excited. Uh, $200 in fireworks here bought me a bunch of glorified sparklers and big fat um, toilet paper tubes. Okay, that's what it gave me. Um, the kids enjoyed it. Great. You know, but if you've ever been out of state where they have the really good fireworks, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a big dud. And I, I spent a lot of money on stuff that, well, it's just not that exciting. But anyways, whatever. The kids had a good time. Uh, the cousins came over, they're swimming, they're doing all that stuff. And so I had a pretty good 4th of July. I can't, I honestly cannot complain. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys did too. I hope you guys have all your fingers still attached. And I will comment on one thing though. Okay, look, I get there's a bunch of illegal fireworks. And, and conservatives like me like to point out that if you can't even regulate fireworks, clearly you're not going to regulate firearms or anything like that, right? We, we've made this argument before. Yeah, sure, these fireworks are illegal. Guess what? There's tons of them, right? My neighborhood was filled with them. I had all sorts of cool mortars going off and just exploding in my neighborhood, right? We were having a lot of fun watching these other fireworks. Um, you know, and, and so, but it's the people that call 911, right? The people who are calling 911, they're like, oh my gosh, there's illegal fireworks, okay? And I get it. They'll be like, oh, well, you know, it could start a fire. It can do that, whatever. They're dangerous. Sure, I get it. It's the same threat and danger that happens in other states, you know, I understand the concern, but here's the thing. You guys have all year to think about this, right? Believe it or not, the 4th of July happens on the 4th of July every year, right? So you got 364 more days to think about this, mentally prepare yourself, and understand there's probably going to be illegal fireworks. If you have pets that are afraid of fireworks, boom, you got 364 days starting now to mentally prepare for this, figure out a strategy for your pets, figure out a way, maybe even get them some training so maybe they don't get so freaked out by the fireworks, right? I mean, you can do these things. It's not that hard, okay? You all can figure this out because next year, guess what? It's going to be the same thing. You're going to have the same loud fireworks that's going to freak out your pets the same way, right? Nothing's going to change. You know, it's like people who don't have money for Christmas. Like, dude, you had all year. Believe it or not, Christmas is going to be on December 25th this year. Start figuring it out. Start setting money aside. Start doing that. Especially with inflation and stuff. Christmas is going to be even harder this year than it was last year. You know, start setting that money aside if you haven't already. Okay? Same thing with back-to-school shopping. Guess what? It happens the same time every year. I'm starting to sound like Dave Ramsey. Have you ever listened to the money guy, Dave Ramsey? You know, these things, we, we know these things are happening. Okay? Car registrations are expensive here in California. Right? My Jeep that I own, 
I'm talking like a Jeep Wrangler, okay, nothing special, with a little six-cylinder motor in there. Um, my registration's like 400 and something bucks, okay, ridiculous. But guess what? That bill comes the same time every year. It's about the same price every year, okay? I can work some overtime or set money aside knowing that I'm eventually going to have to pay that registration. I'm eventually going to have to put some tires on my car. I'm eventually going to have to get some new brakes, maybe a new clutch, you know, the like, you know, these things are coming, right? Use some common sense, prepare yourself. So same thing with 4th of July. Stop calling 911, prepare yourself, okay? It's going to happen. You can't stop it. Relax, okay? Chill. So uh, I was a sender of a slight um, Twitter controversy this week. I totally forgot. I totally forgot what an absolute cesspool Twitter is, right? With all this talk with Elon Musk possibly buying it and stuff, we all got excited and we we're like, oh, yeah. You know, something cool is going to happen. Maybe Twitter will finally change. Maybe it'll finally get better. I don't think it will. Um, yeah, sure, you're going to have a lot less people getting banned for stupid stuff and everything, but it's still just accessible. And let me explain why. So there's this guy out in the world. I'm not even going to say his name because I don't even want to give him credit for anything. Um, let's just call him. Actually, I think his name's Scott. So let's just call him Scott. Um, Scott is calls, well, he pretends like he's a reporter. And I say pretend because... He's very biased and he leans one way on the thing because he's a very anti-cop reporter. And I think in his mind, he thinks he's doing the world some good. I think he's, in his mind, he's diming out the bad ones or whatever he thinks he's doing. But I know personally some of the cops that he's gone after. And when I say gone after, I mean he writes these hit piece articles about them. And these are good guys and gals and good cops and just all-around good people who actually do a lot of good service in the community. They donate. They help out. They donate their time, okay? Not to mention having a job that actually revolves around community service, right? So he's just a total hit piece kind of guy. And here's the thing. If, if you had a bad cop doing a bad thing, sure, I don't care, right? I want honesty in my reporting. I want fair honesty in my reporting. That's not what this guy does, right? This guy takes cops doing mediocre things, automatically assumes they're the bad guys, and then he just goes after them. So today on Twitter, or not today, last week on Twitter, he gets on there and he says, oh, by the way, a deputy that works for a certain police agency, he actually says the name of the agency, but I never say the name of my agency, uh, continues to tweet um, and post things that, um, what did he say? He minimizes the January 6th insurrection, okay? And he continues to post um, um, election disinformation, Okay, he, he continues to push these election disinformation things. Okay, all right. Uh, let's tackle the first accusation. Now, here's the thing. I typically would not respond to the person like this because I'd consider them below me in a lot of ways. Um, but here's the, what bothered me. So somebody responds to him in a tweet, and he, this guy gets like 25 likes, right? He's not a big Twitter guy, okay? He's, he's, he's not like he has a huge following, right? He got like 25 likes and like, you know, 17 retweets or something like that. And so, but somebody responds like, oh, have you heard his podcast? And this guy, Scott, responds to that person and says, oh, I don't listen to it. It's too cringy. So not only is he commenting about my opinion, but the podcast, this show, where I actually get to express and explain my opinions with the facts and try and show, hey, this is what the fact is. This is my conclusion. You can disagree with me. Email me, dtp at usa.com. Okay, if I'm wrong, I want to know that I'm wrong, right? Feel free to, to, to comment. Feel free to send me those emails. Feel free to find us on Facebook. Feel free, okay? Um, but he admits that he doesn't listen to the podcast. Yet he's out there tweeting about my opinion on something. 
And it's just an opinion. Now, granted, I don't have a huge Twitter following either. It's not like I'm out there, you know, making a killing and making an influence of something, right? If I tweet that I think there was something hanky about the, 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 the uh, 2020 elections, okay, it's not like my message is getting out there and, you know, causing issues, okay? Um, if it were, I'd probably think really hard about what I was putting out because every word gets scrutinized, and I'm going to get to that here. So he posts this, and I, I dwelt on it for a couple days because I was like, I really want to respond. I really want to tell this guy to F off in my own weird way. Okay, I really want to tell him, hey, that's the, you're taking those tweets out of context, which he is. Okay, um, One of them, I was just me quoting an article. It was literally just a news article. Okay, it wasn't even my words. I literally quoted a news article. He didn't even know enough to do that. He thinks I'm just some evil cop out there. And then, like, another one was right after um, Ted Cruz. And I think I played it here on the podcast. Um, during some hearing, was questioning the FBI involvement in the January 6th stuff because it became clear that there may have been some FBI um, involvement in trying to incite a riot or that at least they were there. Um, so, like, but again, it's all speculation. Right, let me tell you something. It's, it's speculation or opinion. Okay, we don't have facts because things that weren't, well, some things were investigated, some things weren't. Okay, and that was my argument about the 2020 elections. Did, we, did Biden win? Probably. Okay, but the issue is, is when we did have reasonable suspicions that something hanky happened, or probable cause that something hanky happened, nobody really looked hard at it, nobody cared. Or at least nobody cared enough to do anything about it, which kind of led to the January 6th insurrection. Now, I don't like calling it insurrection, but I'll use his words, right? Which led to the January 6th incident, right? Like, if somebody just came along and said, hey, look, we're going to look hard at these and investigate these things, and you guys don't need the protests or riot, we'll look at it. And if there's something wrong, we'll overturn results, or we'll uh, make corrections so that next time nobody it can happen again, right? So, but here's the thing. He, he accused me of minimizing it, and no, it was bad. It was bad. It was a bad riot. It lasted about three hours. Okay, you had half the people there fighting cops. The other half were getting walked right in. Half the cops were trying to keep people out of the building. The other half were opening doors, letting them in, right? The footage is there on YouTube, right? People walked in. They looked around. They didn't know what to do with themselves, and they left, and they got in trouble, and some got arrested, and that's great, right? You did something wrong. You broke, broke the law. Fine. Get arrested, okay? I've said before on record, these guys just, they made us all look bad. Everyone on the right, right-leaning, Republicans, conservatives, however you want to describe individuals who lean towards the right, in some way or another, they made us all look bad. It's a gift that keeps on giving the Democrats, and it will continue to keep on giving for a long time. Okay, keep in mind, this is an election year. So for them to wait this long to have the, these hearings and stuff, it's all part of their plan. Okay? So, but anyways, he, he accused me of minimizing it, but we just had these January 6th hearings where we watched all this stuff, and frankly, nothing really came out of it. Okay? I don't know what hearings he was watching or what news he was watching, but... To me, it was just a big nothing burger, right? Absolutely nothing. You had a woman come on there and testify that somebody told her that Donald Trump was upset and wanted to go back to the protest, and the Secret Service didn't let him, and then he somehow magically reached through the partition of the beast, which is the presidential limousine, and I guess, like, put his hands on somebody and tried to put his hands on a steering wheel or something, and literally two hours later, the, the Secret Service announces that that never happened. Right, they, the Secret Service says, "Yep, nope, we that that didn't happen." Okay, but she gets there and she's allowed to pro or to testify in front of Congress. She says this thing happened. And it gets sold to us like it's some big old bombshell. But her whole testimony is hearsay. The whole thing's hearsay. You can't take any of it for granted. She wasn't even there. She didn't witness that. It was just something that somebody told her. Okay, and then the Secret Service comes out and they're like, "Yeah, no, that didn't happen," which is actually fairly rare. 
Right, the Secret Service usually plays their cards pretty close to their chest, and so when they come out to correct something or say something like that, it, it kind of, you, you almost got to, you almost got to take it more, uh, cr- you got to admit it that it's a little bit more credible than other organizations that might do something like that. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the whole thing was just a big nothing. It was like there was no new revelations out of it. And like I said, we look at the facts, right? The fact is, it lasted three hours. The fact is, it did appear to be a riot. The fact is, it does not appear to be an insurrection because Congress did a hearing about it, not the Department of Justice. Right? If it was an insurrection, the Department of Justice could file insurrection charges. Okay, they can go after individuals like Donald Trump. They could file charges against them. They could try and send them to prison, do all that kind of stuff. They didn't bother doing it because it did not meet the elements of insurrection. Right? That's a fact. That's not me trying to minimize it. That's facts that we all can look at and listen to and say, yep, yeah, that's, that's, that's what happened. Because it's been two years and no charges have been filed for insurrection. There's been plenty of charges filed for other things, you know, whether it's theft, burglary, fighting the cops, uh, trespassing, all that kind of stuff. Great. I'm, I'm happy with all those. That's fine, right? But I think you'd be hard up to legally call it an insurrection. If it's your opinion, great. If it's your opinion it's an insurrection, fine. More power to you. Okay. But I, like I said, I think you'd be legally, as, as an investigator, there's a lot that has to come out, a lot of information you'd have to acquire and prove in order for you to come back and say, okay, yeah, that was definitely an insurrection. Donald Trump should be held accountable, all this other stuff. And you know what? If he did incite an insurrection and they had evidence of that and obvious proof, I would be right there with him. Yep, he needs to be held accountable. Right? That's the thing. I'm not loyal to Donald Trump. I'm not loyal to the Republican Party. Okay? If they screw up, they screw up. Right? It's not that hard. Okay? But yeah, I think it was a mischaracterization, a misrepresentation for Scott to accuse me of minimizing it. Okay? I think the media is inflating it and bloating it up for political purposes. And I think most people that listen to this podcast would agree with me. Okay? It's not the end of the world. Okay? Uh, let Congress do their hearings. They're entitled to do it. Let them do it. I just, like I said, nothing came out of that that I thought was like a bombshell. Oh my gosh, this is great. This is wonderful. You guys can go back and watch them. Right? Get on YouTube. You know, I, I, you know, whatever you want to do, go back and look at these testimonies. It's just, like I said, it just, it seemed like a big nothing burger to me, you know, like it just, nothing really came out of it. And then the stuff that the media did report on, especially the leftist media, um, it seems like they're really just stretching it, you know, like, I don't know. I, you know, it just, it seemed like they're trying way too hard and, and that's fine. That's what they do. But, um, I just don't think there's anything there. And so for anyone like Scott, who's accusing me of minimizing it or, tweeting about or, or spreading disinformation. This is a big fat, I told you so. All of it. You're not right. I was right. I win. You lose. Everything I tweeted about, so far I've been right. Okay? Trust me, I would like to be wrong. Okay? If you're truly an open-minded person, you're constantly looking for reasons to be wrong, not reasons to be right. And I would like to be wrong, but so far I've just been right about the whole thing. Okay, so yeah, you can tell me I'm minimizing it. You can tell me whatever, fine. Um, but no, I'm not. I've been right this whole time. Okay, you want to keep coming after me? Sure. Okay, you can go ahead and do that. That's your opinion. That's your uh, First Amendment right to come after me. But let me tell you something, Scotty. It's probably not going to go well for you. Because as some of my even more liberal friends have described me as, quote, I'm one of the good ones. Now, I'm not trying to toot my own horn and like be a narcissist in any way, shape, or form. Okay, but um, I served, I mean, right out of high school, I served a mission, right? I was gone for two years. I learned to speak Portuguese for crying out loud. 
I came back. I worked in construction. I became a police officer. I went to the police academy. I did, you know, I, I've, I've literally committed a lifetime to service to my fellow humans. I was even a foster parent, and I adopted three kids out of the foster system. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to come after me, the backlash would probably not be well because I'm not a bad guy. You know, and I'm, again, I'm not trying to, like, incite or poke the bear or anything like that, but, I mean... Yeah, yeah, it just, it, it seems unfair, right, to come after me for when I'm really just not, I'm, I'm not that cop, right? I'm not that guy. Hey folks, if you're like me, I get really sick and tired of spending five, seven, eight, twelve bucks every day at Starbucks or Dutch Brothers or one of these other coffee places and... Then you turn around and hear about places like Starbucks and how they treat law enforcement and how cops are getting kicked out. Well, I got a new company for you, right? If, if you're at that point where you just want to make good quality coffee from home, I want you guys to check out my new friends, 1097 Coffee. This is a law enforcement and veteran-owned local first responder-themed business. Now, I want to pull this little expert from their website, 1097coffee.com, all spelled out, no, no numbers. 1097 Coffee was created in support of our first responders. This includes our military, police, fire, dispatchers, emergency medical service, and our motto is support to all. If you're looking for a company that supports causes you believe in, check out 1097coffee.com and order from their either medium dark or dark roast selections. That's 1097coffee.com and you could also find them on Facebook or Instagram. So I was reminded, I was reminded this week, uh, what a cesspool Twitter was because this guy Scott starts tweeting these things out, accusing me of minimizing January 6th, accusing me, basically accusing me of having an opinion that's different than his. All right. And, and that's fine. Right. I, I can deal with that. I actually don't mind the clout. Right. You want to go ahead and tell everybody, oh man, there's a cop out there with an opinion. Go right ahead. Right. It's not, it's not going to hurt my feelings. Okay. But then somebody responds and they're like, um, Oh, do you have his name? Do you have his ID? So the Scott guy responds with uh, a picture of me. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, this is his name, Brent Hardy. Um, and then somebody responds to that and they're like, oh, this SS wannabe. SS, like the, like the, like the Nazi SS guys. He calls me an SS wannabe. So this is where I, I, I was reminded of what a cesspool Twitter was because I responded to that guy and I was like, dude, you don't know this person, right? You, you don't know them, right? And I spoke uh, in the third person because I don't want to be like, hey, I'm the one handling this account because the moment I do that, then people will basically target the account specifically because they're like, oh, he's picking on this guy. This is the guy that runs the account and I can talk to him directly, right? Remember, in the world of Twitter, bullies get away with bullying because nobody can punch them in the face, right? So so I'm, I'm speaking to this, to this guy in the third person. He's like, hey, dude, this guy's a foster parent and he's adopted kids and he's, you know, he's a good dude. He served missions. He's done, you know, like, how are you going to, without knowing him, with, with very little, I mean, how are you going to be that prejudice? Because that's what it is, right? It's prejudice. Okay. This Scott guy, he's just, he's a big prejudice bigot. He engages in the same mindset as a racist does. He's no better than a racist as far as I'm concerned. Okay. And that might piss him off for me saying it, but it's true. He, you know, he can't, you know, if you're just going to target cops and not report on their activities fairly or anything like that, you're, you're just a big bigot. You're just a big bigot and you're, you're looking at cops like they're a race and then you hate them. Okay. That's, that's what you're doing. 
So anyways, I was like, how are you going to do that? And the guy immediately responds. He's like, oh, my gosh. Um, oh, and, of course, that, that tweet starts to blow up a little bit. And someone responds like, oh, he, this guy dined himself out as a colonizer. Oh, man, he's kidnapped kids on mission trips and adopted them. He's, now he's brainwashing them. He's doing all this stuff. And I was like, whoa. So I deleted the tweet because I'm like, whoa. Because suddenly I was reminded, Twitter's a cesspool. Nobody's mind ever gets changed on Twitter. It's dominated by liberals. Okay, it really is. I think somebody did a survey and they're like, yeah, 90% of the tweets or whatever are all done by like bots and liberals. Okay, in fact, there's a possibility that Elon Musk may not even buy Twitter because he can't get them that um, answer accurately for how many Twitter accounts are actually held by real people versus bots. So, anyways, um, I immediately delete the tweet because I realized people were immediately taking advantage of it, trying to... Um, now they're calling me a colonizer and everything else. When the whole purpose of the the whole purpose of the tweet was just to say, "Hey, um, this human being is kind of better than you. You know, you communists, you socialists. You know, how are you going to call him a Nazi? You know, when he's you know, like it just didn't make sense. It was stupid. And I totally forget that the leftists always do that, right? They they have no arguments, so they go straight to racism. They have no arguments, so they go straight to Nazis, colonizers, whatever. I mean, they, they go right to those arguments because really they have no substance in an actual argument. Okay, this is why it's so frustrating to uh, debate with these individuals because you either spend half the time trying to educate them with history and all this stuff, trying to get them up to par with you, then you can express an opinion, or they're not listening and they're just responding. They're trying to like just basically feed the sharks, right? They just want, they smell blood in the water and they just want to feed the sharks. You know, cancel people or whatever without actually having a real argument. They just want to be right. And like I said, if you're truly an open-minded individual, you don't want to be right. You want to be wrong. You're always looking for a reason why you're wrong. Okay? That's what you're looking for. If you're truly an honest and open-minded individual, you're looking for reasons to be wrong, not reasons to be right. Okay? But yeah, the Scotty guy... Like I said, it's below me to really respond to this stuff. But it is frustrating that you have this guy going after actually good cops and he's accusing them of being radicals. And it's actually affected these individuals, right? It has in their careers and stuff. And then these guys are trying really hard not to respond and not to fight back or anything like that because they're discouraged too and stuff like that. You know, and, and it, it's tough and it, it sucks to watch somebody tarnish your reputation and then not have the ability to um, fight back you know, or to defend yourself. You know, I see it all the time on social media and it's so sad. You know, a cop gets put in a terrible situation and he ends up having to defend himself and he has the unfortunate um, circumstance of having to take somebody's life and then people will get in the comments and call him a murderer and call him this and call him that. You know, and sure, are there bad incidents that occur? Yeah, but a lot of them are just people trying to save their own life. You know, and, and it's so sad to see this and it's so hard. And I mean, it's no wonder why more cops will commit suicide than will be killed in the line of duty every year. Okay. In the line of duty, deaths like are mostly like car accidents and stuff, guys not wearing their seatbelts and stuff like that. It's usually well over 100. But more than like 600 cops a year will commit suicide. You know? And then you got guys like the Scott guy who thinks he's doing good in the world. Right? It's ridiculous. But you know what? I kind of hope he keeps going. Because one, like I said, I can use the clout. Go ahead. Go ahead. Make me special. Go ahead. Make me your project. Okay? It's just going to make me special. It's going to probably get me more views and listens and retweets and whatever you want to give me. So go ahead. Keep it up. Uh, and two, I hope he says too much. I hope he says just enough where I can sue the pants off of him. Go ahead. Go ahead and say something that's not true. Go ahead and demonize my reputation. Go ahead and, and make me out to be somebody I'm not because I will own 
your little newspaper by the time I'm done. And that's not a threat. That's a promise, right? I'm a human being. I have every right that you have, okay? And I have the right to be fairly represented, okay? So if you're going to retweet my tweets and accuse me of things I'm not actually saying, well, go ahead and keep it up. Go ahead and cross that line. I'm waiting, okay? Not daring you, but I'm waiting. All right, so well, since cops apparently are so evil and terrible and they don't do any good and they're, you know, apparently Nazis or whatever you want to say. Um, yeah, that's sarcasm, by the way. If you're a liberal listening to this, that was sarcasm. Okay, I know I have to explain these things. I'll speak a little slower if you want me to. Anyways, um, I'm going to take you guys to an article here on law enforcement today. Um, a young waitress was in a restaurant. She's serving a cop over in the Gloucester, I can't say these towns on the East Coast, Gloucester Township over in New Jersey. And, of course, in chit-chat, she's talking to this cop. She's serving him lunch. Or, uh, and, you know, like any other thing, you, you pay with your card. You leave a little tip on the bill and stuff like that. Well, he did a little more. You see, during their chit-chat, he finds out that she's pregnant. And she fi- he finds out that she's pregnant with her first child. So on his $8.75 bill, he leaves her a $100 tip along with a note that says, enjoy your first, you will never forget. Okay, does that sound like an evil person who doesn't want to serve the community? The cop wanted to stay anonymous. Okay, he wants to stay anonymous. It was actually the waitress's father who took the Facebook to not only give praise to that officer, without saying his name, I don't think, but also to give praise to officers everywhere. Why? Because this happens all the time. Guys, it's, I've sat in restaurants Watch the known homeless guy come in, sit down, you know, with some change in his pocket, orders up a breakfast burrito or something for breakfast, and I watch my partner, Aaron. Okay, I won't say his name because I'd probably embarrass him, but I asked, he, he watched him call the waitress over and said, I want you to send me his bill. Because he knew the guy was homeless, he's dealt with him before, he recognized him as somebody who's been in and out of the jail, and he still said, I want you to send me his bill. He bought that man home breakfast that day. Okay, and I've seen that a lot. Okay, you know how many times I've seen cops, including myself, stop on the side of the road, change a tire, help people out, give them rides, you know, help them solve their problems. I mean, really, I had a captain say this. He's actually now a chief for a different police department now, but I had him say this, and he was totally right. I already knew it before he said it, but he was totally right, and he's like, you know, if you didn't get into this line of work to help people, you're in the wrong line of work. Okay, police officer like being a teacher and like being a nurse, it really is a, a job of love. You know, I say a lot about teachers because teachers, at least, they don't have the pay, right? Like, at least cops are getting paid pretty well. At least in certain states are getting paid pretty well in certain areas, you know? So they could actually say, well, I do it for the money. But, but really, it's a job of love, right? Like being a nurse, like being a firefighter and stuff. It's, it's people who love to help other people and love to serve their communities and stuff, okay? And, I, and again, I... up. Lots of props for teachers because at least they don't, have, they don't have the pay to match the love they give, right? You know, but yeah, okay? Like, and that kind of stuff happens all the time, okay? And to give a, a, a young waitress a $100 tip because she was having her first child, that's great, okay? I honestly wish they would say the officer's name and what agency he works for. Um, I'm guessing it's a Gloucester uh, Township. I, I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, it was an amazing, small, kind gesture, and it's the kind of thing that happens all the time. But again, you turn on the news, and you don't hear about that, right? You turn on the news, you don't hear about that kind of stuff. I was frustrated one time because there was an incident that happened in my agency, 
and these two cops were going and you know they they chased this guy down and they tackled him to the ground they put his their knees on his chest and you know eventually on their neck or close to the neck or something like that and eventually the news is calling that they want to know who the officers were they want to know about the incident they want a statement right because this was right after george floyd they're like oh my gosh cops put a knee on somebody's neck over here you know blah blah blah. and so the guy explains the story the the uh person in charge of media relations and he explains the story and he's like yeah um it was actually two cops who were not white um they're chasing somebody who i think was white i'm not sure i think he was white and um, the guy had a gun. He was on parole and had a gun, and you know he ran from the cops. They chased him down. They didn't shoot him in the back. They chased him down. They tackled him down. He was fighting them a little bit. You know they put their knees, I think, on his shoulder or something like that. And he said they put him on the neck. But the body cam showed the body cams were on. It was all big nothing sandwich, right? It was typical police work, the kind of police work you would hope and expect cops to do. And the media person, I'll never forget this. She said, "Well, I think we don't have a story here because apparently cops doing things the right way." And showing that cops can do the right way and that 99% of cops will go about their job and 99% of what they do will be correct and appropriate all the time for their whole careers, right? Apparently that wasn't a story. It was only a story if the cops did something wrong, okay? And again, if cops do something wrong, great, you know, whatever. Do the story. Let's be honest. People need to be held accountable. I'm fine with that. Totally good. If you're a cop that violates somebody's rights, well, you're going to be held accountable for that. You violate policy and get rid of it, well, you're going to be held accountable for that, right? I get it. I totally understand. I'm totally good with it, okay? I do not like misrepresentation, right? I do not like it when people accuse other people because people, here's the other thing, guys. People don't read the articles, right? They read the headlines. This is why Twitter is such a cesspool. Without reading an article, somebody will post a headline and people will just take that to be gospel truth. Okay, somebody will post an opinion about something. They'll take that to be gospel truth. Nobody's thinking outside the box. Nobody is open-minded. And that's why Twitter is such a cesspool. I ended up having to like, delete my tweet, and I actually had to block somebody, which I was embarrassed to do because I never thought I'd be the kind of person that has to block people because I don't really care. Um, but I, yeah, I ended up having to block somebody because she was really going after me, and I was like, this is ridiculous. You're, you're, you're totally misrepresenting me, and now you're tarnishing my reputation. That's not cool. Whatever. Um, actually, I just blocked it because it was annoying. The, the, uh, the uh, um, notifications kept popping up on my phone. All right, let's take a break. Hey, folks, I realized the gold commercial for this was getting, well, old. So I decided it was time to re-record it. Grandma'sPantryPocadella.com. That's Grandma'sPantryPocadella.com. One of our oldest sponsors. It's Brian and Kim, my good friends. Uh, for all your custom jams and jellies, I have a case of them in my pantry right now. Very unique flavors. If you have guests coming and you want to just wow them with something different than your typical strawberry and grape, Grandma'sPantryPocadella.com for your custom jam and jelly needs. <laughs> back so you know as a cop i've i've taken a lot of criticism i've i've seen it from family i've seen it from friends people who just draw opinions and stuff like that and let me tell you something some of the people that have the loudest voices the loudest anti-cop voices right i see this on the disturbing the peace facebook page right the people that get in the comments and they just stir everybody up and they call cops pigs and they do all this stuff 
Um, these are often the most unaccomplished individuals. I had a guy messaging the page, um, calling me a pig and calling all this stuff. And I, I looked at his page and it turns out he was literally a 32-year-old pizza delivery guy. Right? They're, they're just completely unaccomplished. Somebody who, who blames societies for his lack of success. Right? People who just have never really done any good in the world. And therefore, they think that criticizing a certain group or people is somehow filling some void and making them feel good because they think they're doing good in the world. And, and really, they're not. You're just hurting other people. Okay? And I want to talk to you about who's being hurt. Okay? This is an article that came out um, on the 4th of July, and it's entitled, What It's Like Being Married to a Cop. Well, imagine having to explain to your kids why daddy is called a pig. Okay? People often ask me, this is the, the author speaking, what it's like to being married to a cop. First of all, I'm not mar married to a man that happens to be a cop. I'm sorry. She says, first of all, I'm married to a man that happens to be a cop. And not just any cop, but one of South Carolina's finest. So to answer your question as to what it's like, I can't speak for all wives and police families. I can only speak for ours. It's constant worry. <clears throat> it's, going to, it's going on with your life day in and day out. We as wives have our own careers that we must focus on also. This doesn't mean that we worry less. It means that our minds stay occupied for the moment. It means that we are helping to provide for our families. It means that we are also making sacrifices. It's constant criticism. It's being criticized and labeled due to being married to a man who is a cop. It's hearing people talk badly about your best friend, the father of your children. It's forcing a smile and ignoring the ignorance. Hate and anger that, have that they have towards him. It's having to explain to your children why people ha call him a pig. It's being asked questions as to why people hate their daddy. It's hearing last calls. It's feeling the pain of a fellow wife when you know that you, may, you could be the next one to be handed a folded flag. It's praying for the ones who have given the ultimate sacrifice. It's praying for their families. But blood and blue. I'm <clears throat> it's fighting back tears as you watch your spouse put a black band across their badge. It's being strong for the one that you love as they attend yet another funeral for a fallen brother or sister. It's not being able to truly make plans. Any wife, fiance, or girlfriend can attest to this. All it takes is a last-minute call to completely ruin a dinner date, a holiday, or birthday party. It's having to celebrate a day whenever they are off. It's explaining to your children that daddy won't be home for Christmas. It's waking up at 4 a.m. so that he can watch the kids open gifts before he goes to work. It's blood-stained uniforms. It's the smell of death. It's muddy boots. If you don't know what death smells like, it's awful. It's seeing your pain in your husband's eyes after they've notified a family that their child has been killed. It's not asking questions because you know that they'll come, <clears throat> they'll come to you if and when they're ready. It's endless training, and I mean endless. They are, there are days it feels like I've never seen him. I may complain about it, but in the long run, I'm thankful for the training. That's his assurance that he and his fellow officers make it home. You somehow get accustomed to it. It's mandated overtime when a natural disaster hits your area. I've watched for help. I, oh crap, my thing. I've watched for three years straight as my husband has left us during a hurricane. He left to go help others while we were home to fend for ourselves. That's what you call doing what you love. It's, it's having family in each city, state, and county. It's having sisters that you've never met. Yet they get you. 
get your life, and you make lasting friendships. Holidays on duty are just that, on duty. It's preparing enough food to feed fellow officers, the officers who can't sneak away to their house, so they come to yours to eat. It's now a family affair. It's buying gifts for the, gift, for the guys on shift. I mean all. You know them, their families, and their dedication. It's compromise and hard work. In order to survive this life as a wife, fiancé, or girlfriend, you must compromise. You aren't able to work around their schedule and them around yours. You'll go crazy. If you aren't willing to work for it, you'll never have it. It's shift changes. It's days, there are, <clears throat> it's days where they are gone and lonely nights at home. It's wishing that they were there with you. It's missing your best friend. The article goes on, but it's, it's one of those things that if you don't know a cop, go get to know one. Okay, if you've never been on a ride-along, go ride one. Just go. Every agency has one. Okay, stop being a prejudiced bigot. Okay, cops are not a race, so stop being racist towards them. They're human beings. They're making sacrifices. And in many states and in many areas and stuff and in many counties and cities, they're very underpaid to make those sacrifices, but they do it. Okay, I've been in those shoes too. Okay, I've had to do that. You know, drop everything, pack a bag, leave for sometimes a week because there's a fire in a different county and they need help evacuating people and I'll just be gone. Okay, that's what we do. That's the sacrifice police officers make. Okay, and we love doing it. I remember years ago when I first started, um, there was a shooting, a cop... Um, <coughs> A cop was shot. They call, put out what they call an 1199, right? So that's all hands on deck. Um, I worked grave shift, and they called me in early. There was an officer who was in charge. The sergeant was off, so they put a senior officer in charge. He calls in all the grave shift guys early to basically cover the regular area while they went and helped with this officer who was shot in a, in a town. And so there was some criticism that came out um, about the overtime. You know, because this guy who was not a sergeant approved overtime for all these cops to come in early to help cover the calls while they managed this disaster, right? This crisis that occurred. Okay, me and every single one of my partners said, you know what? We won't charge you overtime then. They said, we would come in for free. If you're really worried about the numbers, if you're really worried about the pay, if you're worried about having to pay a couple extra hundred bucks that next paycheck, okay, we won't charge it. That's fine. That was on me. Of course, the critic was a lieutenant who immediately got his pee-pee slapped later. And, of course, I got paid the overtime, but I didn't want it. I didn't need it. Okay? I would have come in for free. Okay? If there's a fire and you need to evacuate neighborhoods, I would do that for free. Okay? There's a lot of natural disasters I would do for free. Okay? I will come and I will help. And if I can't help, I will donate. I will try my best. Why? Because those are my friends. Those are my brothers. Those are my sisters out there. Okay? Because that's what we do. That's the mindset. Like I said, if you didn't get in the police work to help people, you're in the wrong line of work. Okay? And if you're not in police work and you want to help people, well, then help them. Be a good person. Donate. Help. Man. Anyways, that article goes on. It's a great article. I think it captures a lot of just basic essence of what it's like to be in a family with a law enforcement officer. Um, I wish I could post it. I'm actually in the middle of a six-day ban. Get this story. So with this whole Roe versus Wade crap going on, um, of course, there's some fighting. And the truth is, is most people don't support 
Roe v. Wade or what people interpret as Roe v. Wade. I don't think most people don't. Okay. Um, and I can go into the numbers and all that stuff. I, I read that most pro, um, pro-life individuals are actually women and stuff like that. I, I can go into the numbers and stats, but that's not the point. So this acquaintance of mine posts on Facebook, and she it's not her post. She actually just shares from somebody else. But it's essentially a picture, an old viral picture of a homeless child sleeping on a dirty mattress under some bridge someplace. And the caption, I forget exactly what it says, but it basically suggested that this kid should have been an abortion. Now, again, as somebody who used to be a foster parent and who's adopted kids out of the system, and my, two of my kids at one point were briefly living in a car, um, F you. Right? I mean, F you. If, you. if you can look at a homeless kid and say, you should have been an abortion, F you. If you want to come and look at my kids and say, hey, you're a burden on the system, F you. Let me tell you something. Your life is not difficult. Your taxes aren't high. And, and your groceries aren't expensive because some kid's in the foster system. All right? Get over yourself. That is not why. Okay? Children are not a burden. They are a blessing. And yes, sometimes they will make your hair fall out. Yes, sometimes they will drive you insane. Okay? Sometimes they are hard to deal with. But I wouldn't trade any of my kids for any of that. I wouldn't trade my kids for, for more freedom or what I think would be more freedom or more happiness or what I think would be more happiness. I'm happy with my kids. Okay, I love my kids. I loved every kid that came into my house as a foster kid. They were under my protection. I was their dad, even if it was only for a couple of days. I was dad. I didn't make them call me dad. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I did not make them call me dad, but that's how I saw them. These are my children now. Okay, and until they get placed with somebody else, they are my babies. And I'll protect them. I'll gladly lay down my life. Okay, so don't look at my kids or a homeless kid or anything. Anyways, so that's not the point of the story. So yeah, I was frustrated. I vented a bit. So I get in the comments and I immediately mocked the argument, right? Because I'm like, oh yeah, let's just, let's just kill a baby because um, they might be poor. Right, and I've talked about this before, right? There, there might be some legitimate reasons to have an abortion. The kid might be poor is not one of them in my opinion. Okay, the kid, uh, the dad may not want to be involved is not one of them in my opinion. Okay, those are ridiculous reasons. Okay? And so I mocked the comment. Of course, the, the Facebook algorithm picks up, the AI picks up on it, and they just see, like, kill babies. And they, they immediately flag the comment and ban me for three days. So I do what I usually do, right? I appeal it. I was like, nope, this was said in sarcasm. I was trying to make a point. You know, I even threw in a couple laughing emojis because I wasn't trying to upset the person that posted it. I was just trying to emphasize that the, that the argument was ridiculous. Okay? Um, Facebook looked at it, they looked at the appeal, and they doubled my ban from three days to six days. <laughs> yeah, don't tell me it's biased. They, they looked at that and was like, oh, look, look at that. A pro-lifer. Heaven forbid someone thinks that people should be allowed to, you know, have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. My bad. Let me just go ahead and ban this person for six days. You know, that'll teach him. That'll teach him. I feel rehabilitated. By the way, I'm less than 24 hours away from being able to get back on Facebook and post about this kind of stuff. But regardless, I'm not rehabilitated. That's so stupid. Anyways, I'm going to wrap it up right there, folks. This is the Servant to Peace podcast. Again, if you hate cops and you're listening to this, go on a ride along. Go figure it out. These are human beings. These are your neighbors. They're not Nazis. They're not racist. Okay, stop believing the bull crap. Okay, I mean, just, just stop. It's ridiculous. Okay, and like I said, if you hate cops just for being cops, and you're no better than a racist POS because that's all you are. It's the same thing. Okay, it's the same mindset. If you're, if you're going to take a group of individuals because of their race or because of their career choice or whatever it is and hate them automatically, you're the problem in society. 
All right, folks, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, if you want to argue with me, DTP at USA.com. Feel free to find us on Facebook. Find me on Twitter because I guess I'm there and I guess it's important, I guess. I don't know. And find me on Instagram. Have a good one. Thank mm-hmm. you.